Well, good morning. Student Sunday. Surprisingly enough, we did not coordinate outfits today. We just all shop at the same store. I was really embarrassed when I walked in and I saw 70 other people wearing the same outfit I selected for this morning. But uh, I love Student Sunday. If, if you are unfamiliar um, with what this is, it's an opportunity for us as a student ministry to kind of just share our stories um, from the summer, which means that if it's Student Sunday, summer's almost over, To at which point the students say, oh, oh, and the parents say, yay, go to school, get out of the house. Um, you know, I love, um, I love this opportunity because uh, when we come to church, we, you know, we hear a message and we go through series and, and that's really important. We get to worship as a community. But the thing that most excites me about opportunities like today is that even though, like we're a church, we are unified. And, and even though we're unified, we kind of do separate things. Like there's, there's children's program, there's youth program, there's young adult stuff. And, and unless you get really involved in one of those things, you kind of don't know what's going on in any of those areas of the church. Um, and so this is an opportunity just to share um, that, that we can Uh, get caught up to speed so that you, even if you, you're not involved in, in student life, um, if you don't have a, a child in middle school or high school, you still get to know what your church community is doing to reach the next generation. Um, and our students, like, you know, when, when we come here, it's great because you get to see them. They're, they're greeting at the door. They're handing out um, the wofos. They're running coffee. And it, I don't know, like, your emotion towards that. Like, if you're a parent, you might think, like, it's so cute, just like the kids. And they're doing their little thing. But but. Truthfully, like the more I interact with these students, I'm, I'm, I say the same thing Jay does. Like, no, these students are for real. For real, they're legit. Like when I talk to them, they have like this this just well of of spiritual knowledge and depth. I can remember um, when I was talking to a student early on this summer, just asking like, you know, and in the middle of one of our camps, like, what is going on in your life? And the student explained to me, like, I, I feel like I'm a little bit stuck in my faith. And, and we're kind of working through that, and the student just opens up and shares and outlines, like, you know, this is why I feel stuck. I've identified this thing in my life. I feel like this is the next step moving forward. And they're just doing, like, all the talking, and I'm just sitting there listening. I'm, like, I'm even, like, absorbing it myself. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, so I've got this friend that needs to hear that. It's not me. It's a youth pastor friend. And uh, you don't know him. He goes to another church. But what would you tell my friend who's kind of dealing with that same thing? Like, I feel like I benefit from listening to the students all the time because um, they're kind of in, a, in this stage of life when they're, they're anxious to explore their faith. Um, and so that's, that's my privilege to, to be a part of that. What I want to do very quickly, because you're going to get to hear this, the stories of our students, and that's the most important thing we can do. But what we do, and I just want to catch you up to speed, is when the summer starts, we pick like a theme, like a topic, a focus that we want to have throughout the entire summer. And that kind of filters into our camps, into our Wednesday night house parties, into just about all of our interactions. And this year, um, our theme, our focus has been Spirit Lead. And the reason we selected that was because we, we just started to ask the question, as, as a Christian, as someone who follows Jesus, like we have to be people that allow the Spirit to lead us. So if we, if we know that, then the question that we have to ask is, what does a Spirit-led life look like? What does that look like? 
And so for the whole summer, we've been focusing on Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 22 through 23. And so you're going to see that. I want to walk through that just really quickly. Um, I tell, the, I tell our students all the time, like the Bible isn't a checklist. It's not just like a checklist of things to do and not to do um, to make you a good Christian. But uh, as far as Galatians 5, 22 through 23 is concerned, this is like the closest thing because it's basically a measure of our, of our faith. If we're like, how am I doing? Am I li- living a spirit-led life? You know, what does that look like? Um, we turn to Galatians 5, 22 through 23. It says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So when I read that personally, um, it's, it's important concepts that are being discussed. But I feel like when I've read it, it's like it's, it is in its own way a little bit general. Because I think it's easy to say, like, I'm a loving guy. I'm, I'm patient. Um, I'm kind. But what I realize is, like, because I, I, I look at those terms um, with such a general scope, that, like, I don't have a, a real good way of measuring if, if, if those are the fruits produced from my own life. So what we did this summer is we said, we're going to focus on this verse. We're going to go like one discipline after the next, one, one of these behaviors that would be shown in your life if you're being led by the Spirit. But, but we partnered this verse um, with the very same verse, but in the message translation. So Eugene Peterson um, paraphrases all of Scripture, and what he does in the message translation is he almost puts definitions to these terms so that we're, they're not so general. He like really narrows them down. We get specific about what these things look like. If you're living by the Spirit, you would expect to see these patterns or this behavior. So I want to turn to the message version as we walk through this and kind of partner each one of those disciplines with with the one that it correlates with. It says this, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. And so for love, he describes it as this, affection for others. Think about any healthy relationship that you have, whether it's um, a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, even, even parent and child. Affection is needed in that relationship. We need affection from one another. We need to show affection to one another. That's so important. Affection for others. For joy, it's an exuberance about life. I consider myself, for the most part, a joyful person, but I, but I realize when I think about that, like, am I, am I exuberant about life? Am I grateful every day I wake up? And I like that gratefulness, that gratitude shows through my actions. For peace, it's serenity, a sense of calm, that things are okay. It says for, for patience that we develop a willingness to stick with things willingness to stick with things. I think even as a church community, we've gone through like a lot of change in the last couple of years. And like that's a, that's a, a fruit that, that needs to be shown, that we need to rally together a willingness to stick with things, to see them through. For kindness, it's a sense of compassion in the heart. Am I being compassionate towards others? This is, this is probably my favorite one because for goodness, 
Like, if I were to say, like, a fruit of the Spirit is goodness, that's so general. Like, what does that mean, goodness? Am I being good? I love the way it breaks it down. It's a conviction, a belief, that a basic holiness permeates things and people, that, that God is everywhere. That, and I live my life as though I genuinely believe that, that God can be seen in any instance, in any person. It says we find ourselves for, for faithfulness involved in loyal commitments, demonstrating that loyalty. For gentleness, not needing to force our way in life. That one's hard for me, the gentleness. Not needing to force our way in life. Because I'm, I'm right about everything. So like, I need to force my way to show people how wrong they are and how right I am. Like, that's what I do all the time. Like, I know I need to focus on gentleness, like stepping back and not, not being so aggressive with that and, and being open-minded. And then this last one, self-control. Able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Am I self-controlled? Am I, am I directing my energies Think about like the scope of that term, like our energies, and am I doing that wisely? So all summer, we've like taken all of these, all of these um, behaviors, these patterns, one by one, and just asked those simple questions, like, are we doing those things? But here's, here's the other part, and, and this is my last thought before we're gonna let the students share from, from their perspective. But, um, but there's, there's a challenge to all of this. If, if you read through Galatians chapter five, what you'll find is that, that there's this, um, the, the scripture goes on to describe that there's a war being fought, a war being fought within each and every one of us. And what scripture describes it as is it says that, that we are being torn in two different directions, that we are being pulled. One of those directions is, is where the spirit wants to take us, the Holy Spirit. And the other direction is where our sinful nature takes us and the patterns and, and the behaviors that come from that. So when we started like this study, when we first opened up to this book, we kind of like gave a, a little synopsis, a summary before we really got into all of the behaviors and patterns. And I said this to the students. I was like, you know what? We know sometimes we're being led by the Spirit and we give into that and that's great. It produces good things. When we, when we are led by our sinful nature, when we allow that, those behaviors to shine, um, it, it produces bad things, it's destructive. And so we have like all of these, when our sinful nature is pulling us in this direction, it kind of culminates into all of these destructive behaviors. And truthfully, like I think a lot of times as Christians we think like, okay, the, what we do with this is like we just suppress it or like we hide it or we run from it. And what I told the students is, no, this needs to be unleashed. And when I said that, like one of the students who was like new, like looked at me and was like, this is the best church I've ever gone to. Like this guy just gave me permission to do whatever I wanted and like unleash it on the world. And I said, no, hold on. Like that's not necessarily the full scope of what scripture is talking about. It says that these behaviors need to be unleashed. Yes, because we can't suppress them. We can't hide them. But, but there's two different targets that we can unleash them on. The first one is the world the people in our lives, our friends and our family. And when we do that, it's gonna be destructive to them and destructive to us. It's gonna sever our relationships with them and our relationships with God. The other place that we go to unleash these behaviors is the cross. That is where we send them. That is where they go to be laid to rest. The last part of, of Galatians 5 
in verses 24 through 26 concludes with this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. That is our prayer. That is our desire to be led by the Spirit. Now, it's easy to talk about in theory, but let's get real. I'm going to invite Leah, my wife, who is our student life director, um, and she's going to bring in a bunch of students, and they're going to have the opportunity to share from their experiences this summer. So students, you guys can come on up. Um, The floor is yours. To them. In the summer, each of these students got to go on a camp, and God moved in really big ways, and I'm just so excited that you guys get to hear about their journeys. Uh, the first person I want to introduce you to is Katie Reed, and she's going to be a junior at Fountain Hills High School this fall, just next week. Oh my gosh, no. And if I just have to give you a random fact about each one of them. Katie is very, very intelligent when it comes to pool. Anything pools, okay? So her summer job this summer has been working and repairing pools. And um, if you have a green pool, you can call Katie. She will help you with that. Um, But Katie did get to go to our high school camp. And this summer we were in Long Beach, California. We spent the first three days at the beach. And then we served for another three days. And before we got to camp, Katie was sensing just this um, unrestness, just feeling like God was really distant and feeling disconnected from, from him. So Katie, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I had, uh, my presence at church was very rare for quite a, like, a long time. And uh, I was, when I realized that it was rare, I felt that if I started to go back, I, there was this unwanted feeling that God was mad at me. And so I went to the beach camp, and it was all fun in the beginning, like the beach is amazing. But when we started going into the missions, I was having a hard time, like I saw God working around us, but I wasn't sure how he was working inside of me. I felt he was still mad at me. And the leader of the mission group, her name was Rachel, and she showed us this one example with these chairs of how you keep turning around your chair thinking God's mad at you, but he just keeps coming closer to you and pulling you back. And it really spoke to me in the way that God wasn't mad at me, that he was just trying to pull me closer and show me that I was wanted here, that I just needed to start coming back and making it the commitment to go to church again. Yeah, and it was really cool because I think sometimes we think that when we sin, God turns his back on us, and that's kind of what she demonstrated with the two chairs, like turning the chairs away from one another. But she said the moment we turn our chair away from him, God takes his chair and he puts it right back, and you're sitting face-to-face with him, and he's ready and willing in the midst of our gunk, in the midst of our brokenness. Um, And it was just such a pivotal moment. It spoke so deeply to you. Now... Katie made this declaration in front of the entire group. Um, It's really cool. Every camp, we get everyone together and just share a little bit about the way that God has been speaking to us individually. And Katie shared 
very boldly, I feel like I need to be connected back into my church community. I've been away for so long. And so one Sunday she missed. And Katie, can you tell us a little bit about what the response was when you missed one week? Yeah, so I was on a family trip and um, it was just one Sunday, like shortly after the camp. And I had a friend reach out to me and they're like, hey, we didn't see you today. Like, how you doing? And it really showed that like someone cared that I had a friend that noticed that I was gone just that one Sunday and it showed me that like I had a family here that was willing to notice and reach out to me that I was welcomed. That's so awesome. Um, and that just made us like mom and dad proud. You know, you're like, oh, yes, we're so proud that our students were able to recognize and take that initiative to show like we're all a part of a family. This is a community here. We're not gonna let anyone um, go to the wayside. So as we've been talking about this spirit-led life, I was talking with Katie about that, and she said that the, the piece that really stood out to her the most in her life since returning from camp is this component of faithfulness. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so at the beginning of the camp, like I said, it was amazing, but I felt like it was a test of my faith of, is God still here? Like, what is he doing in my life? Where is he? And it really showed me that all I had to do was just keep asking the questions and he was gonna show his way through my life and what he was doing. So awesome. We're so proud of you for that. And I think, yeah, definitely. Let's give a round of applause for that. You know, in that conversation with Katie, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is teaching me so much. And it's such a good reminder asking God, you know, in the midst of things that we don't understand, where are you? What are you trying to teach me through this moment specifically that I I don't relate to, it's really uncomfortable. So thanks so much for sharing that. The next person I want to introduce you to is TJ, and he's going to be a seventh grader at Basis. And a little random fact about him, he is a huge Star Wars fan. So what was your answer to the question? Earlier. All of them. All of them. <laughs> I'd have to agree, actually. I, I love them all. And I was really shocked that the people sitting next to me were like, I haven't seen any of them. I was like, oh my gosh. We've got to get some events going and watch all these movies with these students. Um, but yeah, he also has a love for Pixar animation. This past week, he was at a chorale or like a choir camp, and they sang for 60 hours this week. And he still has a voice, so we're so grateful that he's here and able to share with us. And something he wanted us to know is next summer, he gets to go to the Baltic countries and sing there. So he's really excited about that. Um, but TJ was with us at our middle school camp, and while we were there, one night we're in the midst of worship, and all of a sudden, the power goes out. And it was complete chaos, because we have all these crazy middle schoolers in this space, no electricity, there's probably about 500 kids in this tent, and you're trying to communicate with them while they're all just like, jacked up on caffeine okay so imagine that and now TJ why don't you take it away okay well it started out uh the lead singer he's playing the guitar lights were flashing in our eyes the the bass was resonating upon our bodies you know just like and um all of a sudden it was just a and nothing no sound Everyone's just looking around like, oh my gosh, what happened? Is this part of, is this part of it? And what we realize is the power's out because they, 
people are coming on stage telling the lead singer, just whispering in his ear. And then, so the lead singer, he just gets his guitar out and sings with acoustics. And he realizes that they can't get the generator working. So we go down to this amphitheater. It's right in between the mountains, right down next to the valleys, the rivers, the streams, the bushes, and the trees. <laughs> yeah, painting a picture, right? Okay, good, good. And we just sing. And at that moment, I feel like there are no burdens to bear in life. And I, f I felt reconnected to God, a connection I haven't felt for a while. No, and when, when we're done, I just, I feel new, I feel whole, and I feel closer to God. So cool, yeah. <laughs> And when TJ and I got together, he talked about how like, it just felt like there was this harmony among all of us, that there was no judgment, that there was, there was just, just this complete safe space. And I believe what he experienced was God's spirit, his presence. And now that he's been back from camp, we talked a little bit about, he's been with us at um, Wednesday night house parties, and we've been talking through these um, components of the Holy Spirit. And what TJ shared with me was, the components of love and peace have really resonated with him lately, and that's something he's been wrestling with. So can you tell us about those two things? Yes. Um, I'm going to talk about peace first because, um, as she said, I go to basis really hard. Um, some nights we have three or four hours of homework. Of course, I, I, I may, not, may or may not do it all, but um, <laughs> don't tell. And I, I just feel stressed. I feel unfocused. And I miss the picture of God. And I just, I, I start to lose my faith. And that's when I get the serenity of peace, which is usually me going to church. And when I do, I get back on track and and that leads to love and love was one of Jesus's most prominent teachings he spoke to his disciples to his followers about love and he loved us so much that he died for us and we should love just as much as he loved us like in Matthew uh, 1919, he says, love your neighbors as you love thyself. And it's what we should do. And we should also put ourselves into other people's positions so we can know how to um, interact with them. And we can have that sensation of love as we speak with one another. So good. Shouldn't he just like preach all morning? <laughs> Last night when we were t together and talking through all these components, he was also quoting Jesus like, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries for itself. And I was like, 
Yes, preach. Keep going. <laughs> Thank you so much, TJ, for sharing. The next person I want to introduce you to is Morgan, and she's going into seventh grade at Mountainside Middle School. And I just have to tell you, do not wrong her. She is a black belt in karate, so you do not want to mess, all right? She might, might be a little bit petite, but she's got the moves. Uh, but Morgan also went to our middle school camp with us, and something that really stuck out to her was they showed this video about a little boy named Mason, and Mason was neglected as a child. He lived in a chair at home. His mom was always drunk and um, just inebriated and unable to care for him, and so he was completely left in isolation. And this really stood out to Morgan. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, so... Um he was left alone a lot. Um, he was in foster homes, and he thought that nobody ever really loved him because he didn't have anything. He lived in the same clothes that he lived in at his old home, and he always felt left out, and I could kind of relate to that. Not as much as he was left out, but I felt sometimes at times that I was lonely, and I had no friends, and sometimes I was left alone, and God was kind of just there to be uh, next to me and be my friend and talk to me because he's always just there for us. Yeah, and another thing that Morgan shared with me was she talked about just the sense of community and how um, it's really important for her when she's feeling lonely to turn to others. And she's been able to find that among her peers and her church community and her family. And I was just so proud of her for being able to recognize that. Like, when I feel this way, what should I do with that? Um, and she chose such a productive manner. And then as we talked through the fruits of the spirit, Morgan shared patience, self-control, love, and gentleness um, were really components that have been standing out to her um, over the summer. Can you tell us a little bit about why? So um, I have to deal with like my little brother and my older sister, and um, I, I have to be very patient with them and be kind of gentle and have some self-control over my actions. <laughs> And what I say to them, and just love them even when they are really, really, really annoying and um, don't want to be with them. But um, I have to just kind of deal with who they are and what they're doing because that's just a big part to be uh, connected with your family and your friends and stay connected and so you don't go out of control and do something bad. <laughs> Yeah, and I was just so proud of the way that she said, you know, in order to have my healthy relationships with my friends and my family, I have to practice these things, and, and I've seen the benefits of doing that. So thanks so much, Morgan, for sharing with us. <laughs> All right, and then the last person I want to introduce you to is Zach, and he's going to be a sophomore at Desert Mountain High School. And uh, one of his hobbies, if you are ever interested in going to a play, he's really involved out in Fountain Hills doing tech and all of that kind of stuff. That's something he's really interested in. And um, Zach was with us at our high school camp. He also um, felt like that chair example spoke so deeply to him. Um, but he also experienced um, some real life change in the midst of his small group and prayer time. So I'm going to ask him to share about that. Um, kind of like what Katie said with a chair example. I had a really bad freshman year, 
and going to this camp, um, it really helped because with the chair example, like this entire freshman year, I felt I was completely alone. Like no one was with me. And seeing that example that like there always is someone with you, you're never alone. Like as soon as you turn away, there's going to be someone there and that's God. Like there's no way you can get away from him even if you wanted to. Um, and that really, that really helped uh, with this problem that I had. Um, and then with small groups, I felt like I was really called by that example and by praying a lot uh, to share this problem I've had for a while uh, with my small group that I've never told anyone. And saying it, just it felt like a, th a thousand pounds was just automatically lifted. And it was like, whoa, I, you know. Um, and I mean, it, it just felt really good to be able to share what's been going on in a controlled, safe environment and, and know that they're there for you uh, when you're down and when you feel like nothing's going your way and there's no way out, those people are gonna be there for you. They're not gonna tell anyone. They're there to listen, they're there to learn and you uh, as a community need to be there for them because you have each other's backs and having that community is one of the best feelings in the world. So, yeah. That's so cool. And um, one thing that I thought was so amazing was off of spiraling off of that, Zach went out to this field and just spent, a, I don't know, like an hour out there by himself just in prayer. He felt like, God, I, I need an answer to this prayer. And it was kind of funny. In the moment, we're all freaking out because we're like, where'd that go? Like, no one knows where he is. But when he came back, he just had this real sense of peace. And um, we were just so privilege to be able to witness that he experienced that moment. Now, since being back from camp, um, you know, daily life, get, you get back into that routine and life gets tough. Um, the two components of the fruits of the spirit that Zach brought to my attention were patience and self-control. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so patience and self-control, uh, I had to do summer school because I didn't have patience or self-control during the year. <laughs> so yeah, learn from that mistake. But so like, I get really anxious just sitting in a chair, like 15, minute, 15 minutes into summer school, I'll start like jittering, like I have to do something, I have to do something. And so I would pray about it a lot, just like God help me to just sit here and work. It was probably the hardest thing like ever to just sit there and work when you know you can do so much else and it's like so I feel like every day I prayed like maybe an hour throughout the day just help me to s just sit here and do my work give me patience give me self-control to just do this and not get distracted and my parents helped a lot with that and so yeah <laughs> awesome well how about you join me in giving a round of applause for all these students for sharing Um, you know, none of this would be possible if we didn't have 
amazing adult volunteers to come be a part of what we're doing and facilitate these tough conversations as these kids journey through middle school, high school. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it back over to Matt, and he's going to bring up a couple of our leaders. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. You guys can grab a seat. We appreciate you so much. Um, and like Leah said, I'm going to bring um, two adult chaperones that, that were with us uh, at camp um, because we get to hear the experience of, of the students, and that's awesome. But another piece to this is the leaders that go and, and get to kind of be a part of this role. And so if, just really quickly, um, I think it's really important that, that you get to hear from them. So I'm, this is Tammy and Taylor. I'm going to start with Tammy first. Um, because, Tammy, you're not only, like, you don't only came as a chaperone for the camp, but you're a parent in the ministry. And so I guess my first question for you is, as a parent, what, it, like, what is it that you hope happens in the spiritual development of your child? And then from there, what did you kind of see and experience this year at camp? Um, what, as a parent, what I hope for in the spiritual development of our child is that he grows... Um, in confidence with God, in that he um, he knows unconditional love, not only from his parents and from his family, but as you know, from God too. Um, I think during camp, he not only him. I think I witnessed. Um, first of all, let me say, as a parent, I expected to go on this trip. I was asked to go, and with the permission of my son, I went. And I, was, I had to make sure it was okay with him, because um, I didn't want to embarrass him. But um, I, uh, I didn't know what to expect. I thought it was going to be more like going on a second-grade field trip, um, wild, you know, herding cats kind of thing. And it turned into, I mean, it was, it was mind-blowing, um, the love the unconditional love that uh, these kids have for each other and for God. I mean, they, they were, um, they played and they, you know, they, I don't know, they just, uh, they really connect with each other. And if there was, like Katie said, if there was um, anybody who was feeling maybe left out or not accepted, it um, it was done. They were loving each other, and it just uh, this camp and the time that they spend together, worshiping and growing together, is is priceless. Mm-hmm. And you talked about when we connected, just the the visual of their worship experience and the unity and all of that, and what yeah. that looked like. I can relate. I couldn't relate actually, but I remember being in high school and um, and even now, as I when I started coming to McDowell Mountain, worshiping, raising my hand, um, letting loose, and just letting the spirit take over. Um, these kids do not have that fear. They are completely accepted. And they love each other and they accept one another. We were in a, a worship situation for the last three days of um, when we were serving where we had a band and the minute the band started playing all of the students even though there was a lot of people there that they did not know went straight to the stage hands up arms around each other 
worshiping together, loving each other, and loving God, and it didn't matter who was in the room. Mm. And, and even through your experience, because you had the role of like, you know, being, a, being a, a, a facilitator of discussion, kind of mentoring students a little bit. Um, you know, you have a high schooler, but being in that setting is a little bit different. Was there anything that like surprised you or, or kind of, you know, was different from what you expected? Yes. I, um, the first three days of the camp when we were at the beach was great. Um, we had worship, we had serve, you know, sermons with Matt and, um, everybody was loving it and happy. The last three days were serving and, um, I think the tables got turned a little bit on the kids and, um, when things got really hard, um, they showed up and they really served. They were the hands and feet and I mean, they showed the love of Jesus to homeless people, to children that have gang members as parents. You know, um, they really showed up and, and um, these kids are such great kids. It's, I was blown away. And I think as a parent coming to McDowell Mountain, I don't know what goes on in the, in the student life room. Um, the last three days, well, I guess through the whole time, we, um, you know, the small group time, these kids, you know, they struggle with so much at home, peer pressure, um, society, um, so many different things. And just to facilitate them in small group and and watch them pray together and, and walk each other through the struggles that they have in high school um, was amazing. I, I don't know what I would have, I wish I would have had that as a, as a high schooler. Yeah. And then um, like the last three days when we were at CIY, the sermons that they gave during the night, it was actually, they were frustrated. I loved every second of watching it because um, the sermon that they gave was very diluted and I think they did it on purpose to make it last through the the whole time we were with them. So like the, the you know, like the the final night was like the, the wow. Mm -hmm. But every night they were like, we're just not feeling God. We're just not, you know, they were really wanting more and eager and just, they were wanting so much more and they wanted to give up i mean some part parts of the of the time they were like we just don't we don't want to go there we don't want to do the worship we i mean they wanted to worship but they were not feeling the the service part um when rachel was kind of leading and um i just kind of turned it around and i said well um, i'm going to give matt a little credit right now but i said well what does that tell you guys about your pastor um and they looked at me and I said, well, I've never listened to him except for on this trip, but I can tell you every sermon he gave, it packed a punch. And the three days of sermons that they got from CIY was less than what Matt would deliver on like one sermon. And they expected that punch every night and they didn't, you know. So it was really cool because I think they finally got, I mean, they're so used to getting a great spirit-led sermon where they dig deeper, and um, I think they appreciate you a little bit more because Yeah, of thank you. I didn't even pay her that much to say that, so that was really, that's really nice. Um, 
Let's move to, to Taylor uh, real quick because you're, you're from a slightly different perspective as a young adult in the ministry. What, you, know, you, you got involved two years ago, and, and that's because of, you had this interest, this desire to like, reach out to the next generation and, and help them through that. Um, so let's just jump right to camp. What, is like, what did you see at camp? What are some of the experiences that you noticed? Yeah, I mean, at camp, uh, the biggest thing that I noticed there was the sense of community. I mean, you have like, high school students and middle school students um, and normally you, you really never see these groups come together and you have seniors hanging out with eighth graders or, or freshmen um, and just for them to be so welcoming and so friendly with each other and, and so able to worship God together, it's just amazing the sense of community that they all have and the love that they have for each other. Yeah. Now you, you were kind of a coach for us this year and you have like some senior guys that just graduated. So now they're about to like jump into college and, and be a little bit more independent. And so sending them off, like what is something that you, you hope for them in, in your time, your involvement in their life? Yeah, my biggest hope for them, at, at Student Life, we, we always like this to be a super safe place. Um, and I just hope that they can, they can take that safe place to all the colleges or wherever they're going to in their next steps, that they can bring God with them. And if somebody, wherever they're going, doesn't necessarily have God in their life, they can show them that light and bring God with them wherever they're going. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for your investment in students and taking part in that. I just, let's, I just appreciate you guys, and it means so, so much. Um, you know, uh, just a second, the band's gonna come back, and we're gonna um, just kind of conclude with this uh, reflection. Um, and, uh, you know, as we talk about this concept of, of spirit lead, um, it's a focus we've had all summer with our students and at our camps and our leaders have kind of been asking those same questions. What does a spirit-led life look like? Um, you know, that, that, is my, that is our thought for this morning. What is that? What, you know, how do those fruits of the spirit show through in uh, your experiences? Because um, that's ultimately what we want. We want to be governed and guided by, by God's spirit. So um, I'm just going to pray real quick, and then that's, that's the thought I want us to reflect on um, as we just conclude this, this service with, with some worship. God, I thank you for um, the people that have been here and their stories, their willingness to share, what that means for us as a church, that in a way we share in these stories with one another um, because we are unified in your spirit. Um, so God, let us, let us be excited. Let us celebrate that um, as a church community, what's happening in student ministry, um, but ultimately what's just happening uh, in this church, in this community, in all generations, that we are a people that desire to be led by your spirit. So we come to you in a posture of openness, um, saying spirit lead. We lift this up in Jesus' name, amen.